Leave your tanks on the boat and grab your snorkel. We are not deep diving today. We're just gonna take a look around the reef. I am Monica Perez, and this actually isn't a deep dive because I have taken such a long news holiday that I realize I am, I'm just underwater here and I can't, I just can't. I mean, I guess if I were to do a deep dive, I'd have to start from scratch and I have to catch back up on the news before I even know what to dive into. And if I wait until I have time to do a deep dive like that, I'll never get back in the water. Oh, by the way, I do highly recommend a news vacation. I think you will sleep better. You will be more relaxed and happy, but you can't stay out of it forever. So I am back and I just decided I'd start cold. I looked into the newspaper today and a few stories caught my eye. Portugal, which I was like, I didn't even want to read it. And then I was like, oh, that's interesting. And the other thing I wanted to look at, oh, Ohio, a little bit of legislation passed or some, there was an election day in Ohio, I think that are significant. Something happened in the Supreme Court and a update on the Gaza-Israel conflict. So let's just, let's just dive in, shall we? Okay, so the first thing, in no particular order, what happened in Ohio. So yesterday was election day. It's November, 2023. And there were two things on the referendum that I, referenda on the ballot that I found interesting. One was a constitutional right to abortion. And I live in California, and there was such an item on the ballot last year, I think it was. And it was a really broad-based, like, basically blanket right to abortion. And a right out here usually means I'm paying for whatever it is you have a right to which is like, makes me feel like going on a tax protest. But why it's important is it's just like weed. And there was a weed thing on Ohio too, that now Ohio is like the 24th state that um, has permitted recreational marijuana. And I remember when the first time it happened was Colorado. I think it was like 10 years ago. And I remember saying like, oh, I guess states are allowed to do this now and the dominoes will fall and they have been falling. And of course, it's totally, you know, corporatized or whatever. But I feel like the same thing is happening with the abortion stuff in that I have to say, if you've listened to me before you, or if you listen to me consistently for a long time, you will remember as the southern states were making more and more restrictive abortion laws, even with Roe versus Wade in place. I said, look, they are asking for trouble. They are asking to have Roe versus Wade interpreted more strictly than it is right now. And they are going to be hamstrung to not be able to regulate it at all, regulate abortion at all. And that's how I expected it to go down. I did not expect Roe versus Wade to be overturned. However, I do still think the whole thing was a setup. And I think that there were two benefits, a short-term benefit, which is it really turned the tide and got Democrats off the couch to vote. It like there was, it turned the um, midterm elections around for the Democrats. And it's caused this rush to put amendments on constitutions of the states that protect abortion And I think that, I mean, maybe it'll just be dominoes like weed, but I believe ultimately weed is going to lead to a change in federal law. I think that these are probably just um, trial amendments, you know, sample amendments that will ultimately, someone's going to try to put it, they probably already are trying to put it in the U.S. Constitution. 
So they said, and I don't believe voting stats anymore either, but they said 56% of the 6 million voters voted in favor of this amendment, even though Ohio is basically a purple state again. They said that it was a reaction to aggressive anti-abortion legislation. I guess what happened in Ohio is that there was a a six-week ban with no exceptions for rape or incest passed in 2019, signed by the governor, and it was tied up in court until the Roe decision came down. And then when that came down, they implemented the law. It stayed in place for 82 days, and then it got caught up in, in legal battles again. But they're saying this is why. So this law a six-week ban with no exception for rape or incest was too much for the Ohio voters to accept. So that was the moment to make this amendment. All right, so a couple of things about that particular... The whole... So there was one picture of people, like, hugging and crying because they got this abortion amendment through. And it's just funny. I was trying to post the picture because I've seen so many pictures of what I consider to be false flag events where people are hugging and crying, but nobody has any tears, which you would think the producers would figure that out by now. But anyway, so they don't have any tears, but these people had real tears. I mean, there are tears of joy. There's this really important issue to them. And, you know, I just, it always smacks of this idea that, that a pregnant woman is a victim, which is why they include rape and incest always in these terms. Like that, because like what those women are victims, they are victims. And so is the baby a victim in all of these cases. But when they put it like that, like, it's very sympathetic. But that's not the main issue. I mean, if I would say if you took a referendum in the country right now and they said, okay, we'll ban abortion except for cases of rape and incest, it would have 100%, (laughs) the right to life would 100% accept that. Although I've read articles from people who were children of rape. Anyway, I'm just saying that they try to muddle the issue with that kind of language. It works Another thing that kind of irks me about this whole, these pictures I was seeing is, and I've seen bumper stickers here that have some of these slogans, but one guy had a t-shirt in one of these pictures, dissent is patriotic. Another guy had, I know my rights. These are guys. But here you have the hands off my body, my body, my choice. And I just see these and I'm just thinking like, if people on the right spout these slogans about vaccines or whatever, they're not so sympathetic. It is not a universal thing. It is a very item by item thing where they want dissent and rights and hands off my body. And anyway, okay, so I did want to read just really quickly the actual text because I think this one's a little bit more closer to something that would probably be proposed for the U.S. Constitution than the one in California. Every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions, including but not limited to decisions on contraception, fertility treatment, continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage care, and abortion. Okay, it's actually much better than the one in California because that was basically unfettered. It says the state shall not directly or indirectly burden, penalize, prohibit, interfere with, or discriminate against either an individual's voluntary exercise of this right or a person or entity that assists an individual exercising this right, unless the state demonstrates that it is using the least restrictive means to advance the individual's health in accordance with widely accepted and evidence-based standards of care. However, abortion may be prohibited after fetal viability. 
but in no case may such an abortion be prohibited if in the professional judgment of the pregnant patient's treating physician, it is necessary to protect the pregnant patient's life or health. So it's basically, if you could have a C-section at six months and the baby would live, they can tell you that you can't have an abortion. Although they define fetal viability as the point in pregnancy when, in the professional judgment of the pregnant patient's treating physician, the fetus has a significant likelihood of survival outside the uterus with a reasonable measures. This is determined on a case-by-case basis. But the rule of thumb is like 26 weeks, something like that, or less. So there's that. And I just feel like it's, you know, it's a portent of what is coming. So the next thing I was looking at was Portugal. This story from Portugal. Sorry, was that not, that was too abrupt a transition. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Hi, guys. I can't read your comments and do my little thing at the same time, but I will get to your comments after. So maybe there might be a little pause while I read through them, but feel free. And if you're going to make a comment about one of the stories, please make sure that I, that like you say what it is I said that you're commenting by so we can go back to it. All right, Portugal. So the one thing I look at in the news this morning, it was like three headlines came across my screen in this little email I get from 1440, whatever that is. I don't even know. But it's just like they think it's the three top stories. So I'm like, okay, what are the three top stories? And what is about the Portugal prime minister stepping down? I was like, gee, I don't care about that at all. Why do they want me to care about it? But I don't know why they wanted me to care about it. But once I read the story, I was like, oh, that is interesting. So this Portuguese prime minister, Antonio Costa, stepped down after eight years in that role. And despite the fact that he was, or maybe because of, in line or perceived as a likely candidate to be president of the EU. So this guy was going places. However, he was subject to, and his administration, a corruption probe that I think somebody in his administration got arrested. And my first thought was like, one of these guys probably set him up. And I also, I don't know if you remember some of the stuff I did around the impeachment, the first impeachment of Trump around the Ukraine story. But I feel like in Ukraine, it's also happened to Russians, Chinese, this international body definitely run by or facilitated by the U.S. State Department. And in the case of Ukraine, it was basically all the U.S. State Department. They basically weaponize anti-corruption prosecution. So let's say everybody in a country like Ukraine, for example, has to bribe the government to do any business whatsoever. I heard a libertarian call that defensive bribery as opposed to like invasive bribery or offensive bribery, which is like you try to corrupt an uncorrupted official, which is probably rare. But it's that if you have to do some business, you got to bribe somebody. So if they get everybody, everybody to bribe people, and then they, in this case, in the case of Ukraine, it was the State Department, Uh, or the CIA, the FBI, there's like a bunch of people involved and I named names in the show I did. They will, they can just prosecute. It's like the way they pick winners with subsidies, they pick losers with prosecution. And so I'm always worried when they say anti-corruption efforts and especially if they're international. But what they said was, what he did was, or these guys conducted, this is what really got me, conducted illicit multi-billion dollar deals. So I'm guessing the deals are probably, if they're multi-billion dollar, they're probably in the name of the government. I doubt they're entirely illicit over the country's sprawling lithium industry. I don't know if you remember, but they're the first indigenous president, person of indigenous descent, first one ever to be president of Bolivia, was had to run away, exile himself from the country, 
after a coup, which occurred several days after he said, we're not just mining lithium anymore. We're going to build battery plants and then we'll sell you our batteries. And they were like, oh, no. That's not how it works. <laughs> no. uh, so then I was like, wow, lithium must be really, really important. And I found this article today at Star Myth World. It was a very left-leaning article for sure, but it was very good because it addressed an issue that there may be two sides to. Anyway, they refer to it as blood lithium. So lithium is, I guess, really, really important. And there were other parts of this anti-corruption thing, green hydrogen, something about data servers, whatever. But I would say if you see, if you see lithium as the heart of somebody's, I'm going to call this, I, my default position here is that this is a coup, <laughs> a silent coup or whatever, just like Nixon. I feel like Nixon was removed in a coup. I feel like Costa is being removed in a coup. And But what was interesting about that article, which I'll put in the show notes at monicasdeepdives.com, what was interesting about the article is that the there's this, you know, the I'm a total libertarian. I believe in private property rights, absolute private property rights. But there is, and it's definitely a left-leaning thing, where can you own land? Now, the UN has something called Habitat One, where they don't want you to own land. And of course, it's because they want to own the land. And that's no good because they're bad actors. And I think ultimately I land on the position, yes, you can own land. It's the only way. And you have to mix your toil with the soil. And it would be great if you had raw, fresh title. But even in the United States, it was occupied territory. People were living here. You know, we did not have the title. We just said they didn't have the title because they didn't do it that way. You know, hunting and gathering or whatever, roaming around isn't the same so you don't have title to the property, but you might say that collectively you and your tribe or your group or whatever own that stuff. A lot of libertarians are going post-libertarian, taking on a nationalistic viewpoint. And I'm not talking about white supremacy or Nazism, not that they're not. There's some people who are doing that too. But just saying maybe being a hardcore anarchist doesn't make sense because what's really going to happen is you're going to tear down the nation state and you're going to end up with a world government, which is not a good idea and nobody wants that. And I definitely think that is what it's that that anarchism from, you know, anarcho-capitalism is definitely not going to end up in seven billion, whatever, Liechtensteins. It's going to end up in one world government if given the chance. Every revolution is hijacked, basically. So I feel like in that case, what some of these people are thinking is, why don't you not have a pathocracy, not have a government that doesn't love you, that isn't working for you, and try to get a government that is. And, and this does, it does work better if you have the same interests or culture or whatever, if you feel like a family, if a smaller country with the kind of homogeneous culture or religion or whatever, it does work better because you have the same value system, the same morals, and you'll agree that certain rules are moral or not. But the idea that a country, a nationality, that they, the people own the mineral rights collectively, I can see an argument for that, partly because a lot of times those things aren't simply confined to the same discrete boundaries of your lot line. Same thing with like air rights. You can own the air rights, but it's, are you going to stop airplanes at 35,000 feet because you have like an eighth of an acre and 
<laughs> you know what I mean? In Portland, Oregon? I don't know. But there's oil fields underneath m- multiple pieces of land. But they did it in Oklahoma and Texas. And I always thought that was great. I mean, farmers getting rich off of just selling leases to their land for access to the minerals that are under their land. I've always really liked it. But I can completely understand why a country with indigenous people that has never had an indigenous leader may get raped by the financial, you know, the absentee financial system that does stuff like that, especially with the IMF. A lot of times that stuff isn't even on the up and up. It isn't just a matter of libertarian ideology having fallout. It's a lot of times abusive. So maybe I should start seeing what people are saying. Oh, lithium is for big pharma. Yes, that's true. So... That's what they're doing, as is like what that's what the Bolivian guy was trying to do. He was trying to run the country for the Bolivians. And I'm not saying it would have worked out great because, generally speaking, when they nationalize stuff, it doesn't work out right. However, a lot of times when they nationalize stuff, they get a coup. <laughs> like in Iran, they nationalized the oil, they got a coup. And I think that there was an international body that, like a legit court decision that was that determined that the Anglo-American or Anglo-Arabian oil company, BP or whatever it was in Iran at the time, really arguably did not have legit title to that stuff. So you'll get a coup if you nationalize it or they'll run it into the ground or you'll get sanctions that make it impossible for you to even try to run it in a way that would at least let your people survive, maybe not be as rich, you know, as international. But anyway, so I, I think I'm going to keep my eye on this Portugal thing. I'm, I'm, a, I'm on Costa's side so far in the early betting. Uh, okay, next thing is a Supreme Court decision. This isn't a big one. It looks like, I don't think they actually made the decision yet, but it looks like they're leaning on upholding a gun ban, federal law that's in place that people under domestic abuse restraining orders are not allowed to own a gun. So for me, generally speaking, I do not like sentences, prepackaged sentences, or three strikes you're out. I feel like any rights that you lose should be subject to due process. And I actually might argue, including a jury trial, a trial of your peers, I really think that A, that would eliminate all the bullshit laws that they would not have the capacity to prosecute. You do not want a government, criminal justice system to like have efficiency shortcuts. You want every single person to have their due process. And I would say, you know, like I I got a conservatorship over my son. And they went through like the eight things that he, that I, I would have to make decisions for him, including getting married, which was harder to get. But I was just afraid that someone would, like, you know, marry him, put him on the dole, because you can tell by looking at him that he's entitled to whatever, Social Security, and tie him up in the basement. You know, I was totally afraid of that. And normally they don't give you the marriage thing. But the one thing they absolutely will never give you, which I think is hilarious, is the right to vote for them, which I wouldn't want it. But I'm not sure he should have the right to vote because... I mean, I think he would literally vote for My Little Pony. Like, he would... <laughs> just he thinks werewolves are real. I just... <laughs> you know, the guy should not be voting. But, but 
there was a list of like seven or eight things that the court would say, yes, 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 no. And if it's a if it's a restraining order, then say that, you know? And the case in point here, the case at issue is Rahimi or whatever. He hit his girlfriend. He fired a gun. He's, he, was, he was a known abuser of gun rights. He, he used them. He threatened people with guns. He shot them off. He should have let, lost his gun rights just because he proved himself irresponsible. And he, I, in my opinion, lost the right for himself. But he was prosecuted based on the fact that he was under a restraining order and had a gun in a later crime. But he should have lost the gun separately anyway. They shouldn't have relied on that. They should have had to just say, look, this guy is a gun threat. And furthermore, you could put that in a request for a restraining order. Like, this guy is a known abuser of gun rights. I don't know. I mean, I definitely see the other side of this issue in that, do you, you know, I mean, then they even went back to like, in the founding of this country, mentally ill people or inebriated people in some places were not permitted to have guns just as a blanket rule. When it comes to domestic abuse is, you know, they use that to say the same thing for waiting rules. They have to wait three days to get a gun. But in cases of domestic abuse, a lot of times that the women want to get or the victim wants to get a gun in a hurry for defensive reasons. And I will tell you this, I've known three people who have had court intervention or police intervention in domestic abuse cases. Three women I know called the cops. And all three of those women were charged along with their husbands. So if this is used then to disarm those women, I don't know if both people in all cases, and in two of the cases, absolutely, it was the women were the victims. Absolutely. But they were the ones who had to go to whatever, counseling, and so did the guys. But anyway, so I think, I think you might want to do it on a case-by-case basis, which is my default position for due process for losing rights generally. Okay. The last thing I want to talk about, now this is one that I really do need to do just the deepest of dives or totally avoid it completely (laughs) because it's the Gaza thing. It's the Gaza conflict, which is super, super sad. I I wish my everything is fake dar (laughs) would kick in for this one because it really is so sad and tragic. I went through, I I just posted probably yesterday or the day before, a conversation I had with an author I've liked for a long time. His name, I'm looking for the book. His name is Gregory Harms, and he wrote a book called Palestine-Israel Conflict, A Basic Introduction, which I bought in 2012, but I think he read it in 2004. And I used it to inform some of my discussions on the radio because it was a call-in show and I needed to know my stuff. Then he wrote another book called Straight Power Concepts about like whether the tail wags the dog. Does Israel really control the U.S.? Or do the defense companies or the oil companies or whatever control Israel. And he says it's straight power concepts is the name of the book. So you can see where he's coming out on that. But it's a very interesting conversation with him. I already had some feedback. He also wrote a book called It's Not About Religion. And I had a couple of people email me saying like, it is about religion. I mean, religion is obviously part of it and certainly where the dividing lines are drawn. But you could also say it's either by straight power concepts that Israel is an outpost for (laughs) the Western military industrial complex. So you could argue that it's, yeah, a, a land, you know, whatever. If this thing is a land grab, I don't know. So I'm looking at 
just the news for today. And Netanyahu, this is in the Wall Street Journal, was Netanyahu said that they would like to continue a security function in Gaza after this conflict is over. Blinken came out and said, this is what made me think like this is a play, that he came out and said that Israel should not occupy Gaza after this is over. Now, technically speaking, Israel is not considered to be occupying Gaza because they withdrew in 2005, but they've encircled it, they've blockaded it, and they control its trade and everything. So I don't, I don't know if this is semantic or what, but what I think really is that, like, for me, you know, ev- absolutely everything is a false flag. So if somebody, you know, if Hamas attacks Israel and then gets completely leveled, you know, maybe it really was Israel's 9-11 other than actual 9-11. So if they, so like then I'm always thinking, okay, like obviously they did not benefit from this. It seems like a very stupid thing to do or worse. And so then who does actually benefit? And you look at them like flattening Gaza and giving people like, it's a privilege to leave, which to me may seem like a little bit of a setup if they don't have the right to return. I don't know. But what Gregory said was that Israel doesn't really want Gaza, which I also other people have said that isn't true. They do want it. Mayor Kate tweeted at me about the Ben-Gurion Canal project, which I thought was, when I was reading about it, seemed very old news, but actually does seem to be something they might be wanting to do, and I'm sure it's not just an Israel project, but it's it would be a canal that did have to go through Gaza. So maybe they want it for that. But it looks to me like, especially since the Palestinian like counter-protests or the Palestinian protests around the world right now are given so much airtime. So like after 9-11, you didn't hear that. Like this happened because of Palestine. Give Palestine, you know, you didn't hear that. You're hearing it now. And there, there is a reason that it's being televised. I'm not sure what reason, but it could be that the powers that be want this play to unfold to look like Palestine asked for the... I keep getting phone calls. It's super annoying. <laughs> Normally, I text like I'm doing a show. Don't bother me. But I didn't, so I keep getting distracted. So anyway, so maybe what they're doing is wanting to make it look like the press is free that you can protest, you can, you know, you can assemble, you can appeal for redress, you can have free speech and the media doesn't censor it or anything like that. And then not only that, but we hear you and we're going to make changes here because that's what people are talking about. They are talking about Israel. They're pushing back on Netanyahu's claim that he's going to continue in the security position. And they're saying, well, no, we're, we're talking about who's going to run Palestine. We're going to maybe cut Gaza loose, but we're going to put somebody in there to run it, an international coalition or something like that. In that case, once you get there, you've, you've basically, I think someone in the comments said that, like you've, you've basically done what you need to do. Like you've put this, this government in place that will do whatever you want them to do. So if they want an easement for the Ben-Gurion Canal, they will get it. And what Gregory said is like, Gaza could be a tourist attraction. Maybe that's what they're going to do with it. You know, maybe they are going to just commercialize it. Maybe they're going to switch to mercantilism. Maybe it's cheaper for them to just buy the security on that front. Maybe they'll trade it for the West Bank. Like maybe they'll just say, oh, well, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but it looks like there's going to be some kind of change. And remember, I have said this before, revolutions are 
basically always hijacked within 10 years, in my opinion. Like somebody gets you to do a revolution and then comes in and takes over. So if the Palestinians win what they want, my guess is that at some point it's really, no, don't underestimate the importance of just money plays. I, I really, I think a lot of the bombing in Libya was to rebuild, like bombing water plants, bombing schools, hospitals. Like, why would you do that? I think, and Syria too, probably. I think we're bombing Syria again. I think a lot of it is to rebuild. And it's just sick when you think of people getting killed for that. I mean, it's really, really sick. That's why I hope the numbers are exaggerated on both sides. Jeez, it's really too much. One thing I think is kind of funny is they're like, you know, we have this huge, unbelievable win right around the corner of Israel making peace with with Saudi Arabia. And that kind of makes me laugh because... I know they have an expression over there, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. But is the friend of your friend your friend? Because in that case, Israel and Saudi Arabia don't have to make friends. They already are friends. So that seems like a little bit of a, I don't know, words escape me. Huh. Anyway, well, there you go. I just just had to get back in the swing of things and I feel like I have. All right, so now if anybody wants to give me some comments, uh, I may, I may, what I was thinking of, a nice thing to do because I do have a premium feed. Like if you go to Apple, iTunes, and you hit premium, you can get all this commercial free. Well, not just like all this 30 minutes. I mean, all my interviews, everything commercial free. And that is super helpful to me because the commercials don't quite pay for the production. And yes, I don't, I can't, I can't make it sound good by myself. Sorry. Anyway, so, but I think maybe what I'll do now is let's have this little conversation with comments and stuff. And if you're listening now, it's great, it's free. But if you aren't, you can get that in the premium feed, commercial free. It'll be like a little bonus segment. So, okay, let's keep it clean, people. (laughs) Let's see. Wendy wants to deep dive into the Virginia Republican losses in their elections. I assume there's election funny business. I feel like there's always and only election funny business. Ah, yes. Thank you, Stella. Yes. I was sick for a long time, like three weeks. I think it was the COVID. I do. I thought it was food poisoning. But when you never get better and everything tastes like metal, it's like, (laughs) I don't even care. I just wonder what it, you know, I, in my opinion, it's completely artificial bioweapon. And I just wonder what it's, what it's doing in there. Like, I need to get myself some liposomal glutathione. See if I can get, can purge that. I do love bone breath, though. Uh-oh. What created juicy social division? The abortion stuff? That is true. That is true. Hello, Angus. Hello. Angus is on a permanent vacation from the mainstream media. A magic aid bowl will give you less propaganda. Yes, it is. No, it annoys me because I don't want to have to follow it. But Shit is happening that will eventually, you know, affect us. I, I Maybe there's nothing we can do about it, but I don't know. I was thinking of just hanging it up and not doing it, not ever looking at the news again. But people tell me that they want to hear what I think. So I'm going to try, you know, if you, if you want to hear what I think, let me know. If you don't, I'm going to just make more bone broth. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. So lithium, Stella is pointing out, yes, big pharma, big time. Gosh, wow. Lithium is some powerful, lithium is a powerful drug. 
Yes, form a new government so corruption can start all over again. That is true for Portugal and I think probably also Gaza. And you know what? I don't think the human heart is going to change. And I actually, Stella, maybe we can have a conversation about this in real life or on the phone or something. What has to change is the human heart. I actually think that our only hope is that the human heart or soul, human nature, is actually immutable. I really feel like they try so hard through the propaganda and who knows, genetic injections, I really don't even know, to try to get us to not believe the evidence of our own senses, to not believe our own consciences about things, and that they've had a, they've had a fight on their hands. I think that's what Ron Paul was doing, is that he was tapping into the you know American archetype of liberty and defending the Bill of Rights and stuff. And I was so surprised at how many young people still had that in their heads. And that's why I think they had to do Trump to like get the older generation and the middle people, like the busters like me and the boomers and stuff to just forget the point and just vent the anger. I do think so. Almost every man has his price, but not every single man. Um, I was talking to my friend Ellen about this the other day, where that psychological experiment where people would kept pressing the button until they thought they were shocking the, the subjects. They kept pressing the button until people were screaming, crying, begging for mercy, kept pressing the button even after people appeared to be dead. But I don't think it was every single person. So... Even if there's no hope for humanity based on that stat, there is hope for you personally. <laughs> so never press the button. <clears throat> okay. From down under, domestic abuse. This is the card being played here in Australia as well. All of a sudden, useless before that, a ploy for more power. Yeah, it's, they didn't care before. Angus thinks that our worst thing is tribalism and the powers that be know how to manipulate us to divide us. See, that's something that I feel like with so many, so many problems that were basically solved the hard way through like a lot of loss of liberty and stuff here. But like poverty is definitely, I mean, I think it's reduced unless there, I don't think there's much poverty in America. I feel like you know, segregation and real like legal discrimination, stuff like that was done with. People were moving beyond. You know, I remember, like, I don't remember anybody saying openly racist things when I was growing up. Really not. And I feel like that's back, <laughs> you know? And and tribalism, too. Like, they're making a try. And I again, I blame Trump for this, but whatever. Oh, Angus, interesting. Wow, I was going to talk about China today, too. It's in the news every single day. Like, they're having economic problems and blah, blah, blah. I really wanted to focus on that. I did another show recently with Jason Purcell, where he talked about a tech bust, which has been in the news like crazy, China having problems, and also his financial, his opinion for the near term in the economy and the markets, which I found interesting. That's probably, I don't even know if that's up yet. But Angus is saying that what's going on in Gaza and Israel is, a, or at least the canal and the land grab is part of the Chinese Belt and Road Initiative. But Angus, if you're still here, let me know. Would that be kind of like Event 201 where the Chinese and the Americans are colluding? Because unless you think Israel is switching sides from the U.S. to China, which doesn't make sense at all, like I just don't think they can get away with it. I don't know. 
The UN drip plan is the cover for the land grab in Australia, hiding behind the indigenous. Yes. Let's see what else we got. Yep, build back better. Stella wants me to get an A, and I'll feel better. <laughs> Don't. Stella wants me to stick with giving opinions because my ability to grow chickens has been proven poor. I cannot grow anything. <laughs> anything. Clint says COVID is the bug they purposely spray on people, and it is making us hop. The Milgram experiment, right. That is the thing where people were getting zipped, zapped. There is a lot of poverty in America now. Interesting. You know, yes, here's the problem, is that we transfer so much money from the taxpayers, which is the, you know, the 50% of the population earn money and pay taxes and 50% don't. There's so much money getting taken from that, the half of the population that makes money that and pays taxes, there really should be no poverty. And I really think most of it comes from the drug abuse, which is pushed on us. Stella. Uh, really? Okay, I'm going to do it. Angus, thank you so much for all your good stuff. What's with all the advertisements for therapy post-COVID? Yeah, I noticed that too. Oh, you're right. Israel has sold weapons technology. And remember they traded with Iran weapons during that little interlude period where I guess... <laughs> uh, yes, the transfer of wealth has been put into overdrive. That is very, very, very true. I guess we have to define poverty. I mean, I want to think about poverty as being something that is you know, just dirt poor, isolated in the South, but really it's probably like EBT, hand to mouth, like your job is filling out forms and going to the welfare office or whatever. Anyway, well, thank you guys for chit-chatting. I hope this is my first little pop-up. You know, I just had the impulse because it's been so long since I had a show and I feel like other than interviews, which I really enjoy, but that's somebody else doing the work. I need to start doing some work. I need to start bringing it. Tap into my old WSB training. Anyway, thank you so, so much for joining me, guys, and for chit-chatting. And you know what? I'm going to try to do it again on Friday. So today's Wednesday the 8th of November. Let's try to do it again Friday the 10th. And maybe I'll try to do it at 2 o'clock again. It seems to work today. But I probably won't because, you know, you just have to feel these things. Anyway, thanks so much. Bye, guys. Bye.